From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you for everybody who rides and supports the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Without you guys, there is no us. I salute you guys. I'm talking about my fans from all over the world, from Mexico, Canada, the United States, Philippines, Cambodia, Germany, Ireland, UK, Australia, I got fans from all over, and I can't thank you guys enough for all the support. I love you all. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. That is W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you also subscribe to that YouTube channel, motherfucker. You gotta subscribe to the YouTube channel. Because a lot of crazy shit's going on. If you want to see interviews with people like Nick Gage, Homicide, Vince Russo, check out the YouTube channel. We got interviews on there and it's only going to get bigger from here. We got a super stack show for you today. It is Wednesday the 22nd. We're going to be talking all about Monday Night Raw from this past Monday, yesterday's NXT. We're going to be going back in time like we do every Wednesday. We're going to be going to the land of extreme for This Is Extreme as we talk about the September 30th 1997th episode of ECW Hardcore TV. So we have a super stack show for you. Let's get into that motherfucker right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I appreciate all my supporters from all around the world. Thank you so much. Speaking of Monday, Wednesday, and Friday... I want to announce that there will be an episode this Friday, Christmas Eve. If you don't want to listen to it on Christmas Eve, then don't listen. Listen to it on the day after Christmas. I don't know what the fuck to tell you, but we ain't going to stop. You know what I mean? We're going to have a show on Christmas Eve. I I owe it to you guys to have a show on Christmas Eve, being that I didn't have a fucking show for how many goddamn weeks because of everything that's been going on in my personal life. I'm not going to just stop because, you know, it's a holiday. I mean, I know it's a religious holiday, and if you guys are not going to listen to it on Christmas Eve, that's fine. But, you know, just like a late Christmas present, you could unwrap that gift and watch and listen to the podcast on the 26th. All right? So thank you very much for everyone who supports. Let's get into the stack show. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw. This past Monday night, it was an okay show. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. A lot of newsworthy shit coming out of the WWE Lately, especially with the releases, the signings, it was announced that Kevin Owens has re-signed with the WWE. 
There was a lot of speculation whether he was going to leave the WWE after his contract was up in January. A lot of people thought that he would be AEW bound. You know, he put out that little Mount Rushmore tease after Adam Cole went to AEW. I personally, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Owens. Met him a few times. Always was a class act. He did something really cool for me that I'm not going to say what he did here on the podcast. But he did something really cool for me personally one time in person and... After that, he really gained my respect forever, and he he's just a guy who I just want to see happy. You know, the if the rumors are true, if what Meltzer is saying is true, and Kevin Owens did get upward of $3 million for this contract, then, you know, shouts to him. He has a family to support. That is amazing. I, I'm going to always be happy for Kevin Owens, so whatever makes him happy, he has the money behind him now. He has the company paying him high top dollar I ain't talk about the hit roll, but they're paying him top dollar to stay, so I'm not mad at it, you know what I mean? I, I would have liked to seen Kevin Steen in AEW, but, I mean, shit, I'm not going to be mad at the man making money, you know? Like, go get that paper. Like, I'm I'm happy for him. That's that's really cool. Speaking of Kevin Owens, we start out Raw with Bobby Lashley. He's in the ring with uh, Big E. He's saying how MVP said he could take out, you know, Big E by himself. MVP and Big E get into a brawl. This leads to Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins attacking Bobby Lashley and Big E, which sets up a tag team match later on in the night. It's starting to look like Bobby Lashley's turning into a babyface again. I mean, personally, I don't mind it because the guy was one of those heels that was over as hell anyway. But, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I just think that there's still some gas in the tank for a Bobby Lashley heel run. Bobby Lashley's title reign was phenomenal to me. I, I loved his title reign. I'm not hating Big E's title reign. And I'm a fan of Big E and I think he deserved it. I just feel like there was a little bit more you could do with Lashley. And I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? Like I said, if Lashley is a heel or a babyface, he's going to make it work. It's just that I do remember before heel Lashley, before the Hurt Business, babyface Lashley was a little bland. So I'm hoping, if anything, he gained more personality out of this heel run and having MVP on his side, having the Hurt Business. Hopefully he gained a little bit more personality because he was on the little, the bland side. He he was, you know, he was unseasoned. And I'm not talking about his experience level. The guy's been wrestling for years. But I mean, a little unseasoned. And then when he went heel, he had that, you know, that nice, that nice garlic powder. He had that nice, that, that sasson. He had that adobo, you know what I mean? So he was seasoned now. If he could take that, Bobby Lashley, and take it and make himself a babyface and still be over as hell, that works for me. That's cool with me. But he got to keep that badassery. Bobby Lashley is a badass in real life. Not wrestling. Not the same fake world. This is real life. Bobby Lashley is a badass. Bobby Lashley is a former... uh, NCAA champion. Bobby Lashley is an MMA fighter who dominated in the cage. He wasn't these like wrestlers turned MMA fighters who just get over, you know. The guy dominated in the cage. Go watch his matches in Strike Force. Go watch Bobby Lashley in Bellator. A beast. So it's like, you know, we, we didn't really see it. We, we saw it in TNA. But we didn't really see that badass Bobby Lashley in the WWE until he turned heel. 
So I hope, if anything, they keep him a badass. Because he's a badass. The whole shit that they were doing before, the Hurt Business and all that shit, though, like with the Lana stuff and what was it, Bobby Lashley's sisters and Sami Zayn, like, see, that, 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 no, that's not for Lashley. That's not for Lashley. Save that shit for somebody like, I don't know, you got a lot of jokes on that roster, you know what I mean? No offense, but you got a lot of, like, jokes. You don't take a badass and make him a joke. You don't try to get a love angle out of Bobby Lashley. You don't get a comedy skit out of Bobby Lashley. I want to see what he was doing in the last couple years with the Hurt Business. I want to see Bobby Lashley tear motherfuckers' heads off. And that's what they got to keep. Because that's why he got over to the extent that he was over. And I think before Bobby Lashley retires, before Big Country Brock retires, we got to see Brock versus Bobby. I'm also liking this tag team between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. A lot of comedy, you know, Seth Rollins, this new this new gimmick that he has, you know, it, it fits well because the guy is still legit, but he has a lot of comedy aspects to him. Him and Kevin Owens, we know Kevin Owens could do comedy. Him and Kevin Owens could bounce off each other. It works well. I like it. Pretty good main event with Bobby Lashley teaming up with Big E to go against Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. I enjoyed the matchup. Something else that I enjoyed on Monday Night Raw was the angle between Liv Morgan and and Becky Lynch. I think that this is the most legit that we've seen Liv, Liv Morgan here in the WWE. And also, I've been saying it for a long time. Give the girl a chance. She needs to get a push. We, let's see what she can actually do. Throw her in the fire. Let's see if she survives. Let's see her swim with the sharks. Because having her face off in the same feuds. She was facing Carmella for like five months. And then people were wondering why he, she wasn't like elevating herself. Because you got you can't have her swimming with guppies and then expect her to survive with the Sharks. You know what I mean? You can't have her going in there, barely beating Carmella, no offense to Carmella, but barely beating Carmella, and then expecting her to have a real good competitive feud with someone like Becky Lynch or Charlotte or Sasha Banks. you got to have them build up to that point. And the build was a little too long. There was too many times with Liv Morgan where it was like, when are they going to give this girl the opportunity and the chance? And now they are. Something that I did like, it was unorthodox. It was different from the WWE. During the weekend, there was a video of Liv Morgan breaking up a training session that she thought was Becky Lynch's with a kendo stick. She went to go find her. She went to go fight. This wasn't taped for Raw. This was on a regular weekend. So it's like this feud, it seemed like it was a legit feud because she's not, you know, waiting till Monday night to go see this girl. She's going to her freaking hometown, to her home gym, and she wants to, like, fight her on site no matter what day it is. That brings legitimacy to the angle, and I like that. It brings a new fire to Liv Morgan, too. She's not just this, you know, blonde, pretty girl who can't, you know, wrestle. Like, the girl can wrestle. The girl also has fire, and she has desire. She has fire and desire. Fire and desire. <laughs> she she is... She wants to be more than what she's given. And that's why I'm excited to see what they're going to do at day one when you have Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch because Becky Lynch right now is the top female in the WWE. Is Liv Morgan going to swim or is she going to sink? From the main event of Raw two weeks ago where we had Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch for that WWE Women's Champion, 
she held her own, but she didn't go full force. We didn't see the best Liv Morgan on that night. And I, I understand if they wanted to save it for pay-per-view. So let's see if the pay-per-view, let's see at day one on January 1st, if Liv Morgan is going to pull out something that we haven't seen from her yet. Let's see her rise to the occasion. I'm going to be interested in that. I I don't think they take the title off Becky Lynch, but Liv Morgan could become a bigger star in the feet if done right. If this match goes the right way, Liv Morgan becomes a bigger star in defeat. And, you know, a lot of, like, nowadays, a lot of people are like, oh, that's not possible. Oh, they're going to bury Liv Morgan. If you, first of all, I hate when people say bury. Like, if you don't know what that term means, shut up, all right? Liv Morgan could become a bigger star in defeat. Ask Tommy Dreamer. Let's go back to ECW, all right? I know I'm doing, this is extreme later on. We're going to talk about old school ECW. But let's, let's go to ECW right now real quick. Tommy Dreamer back in the day became a beloved star and a cult hero to those ECW fans and the guy barely won matches. He became a bigger star in defeat. Bully Ray on Busted Open Radio tells the story constantly that when they would have matches, the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman, Sandman and Tommy Dreamer used to argue on who would take the fall in the match because they knew whoever took the fall in that match would become a bigger star. They would get more over. There's something to be said about someone who knows how to use the crowd's emotions and get compassion from the crowd. Just because you lose the match doesn't mean you got buried. If you know how to channel the fans' emotions and gain their compassion in defeat, it don't matter whether you win or lose as long as the fans care. So let's see if Liv Morgan could do that. Because honestly, I do not see Liv Morgan winning this title. And I'm not trying to name drop here, but Liv Morgan is a listener of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Shouts to Liv Morgan. I appreciate you. I just don't see you winning this title at day one. But let's see how your stock rises in the company in defeat. Because like I said, there is an art to professional wrestling. You can become a bigger star without winning matches. If you want a more modern example, let's look at Daniel Bryan's run. Like, yeah, Bryan Danielson's now killing it on AEW, but let's look at Daniel Bryan's run in the WWE. Daniel Bryan gained that fan's support and compassion. The Yes Movement was grown and created out of him losing matches. Him losing to Randy Orton. Him losing to John Cena. The fans were like, no, this guy needs to win. Him losing to Sheamus in 15 seconds at WrestleMania. The fans were like, no, we want him to win. We want him to become the guy. He's our guy. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, became a bigger star in the WWE by losing. So for anybody who's like, oh, no, you can't, you can't do that. That's not true. You got to win. Right? You got to win or you're not going to become a star. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Shawn Michaels. 
when he came back, lost the match to Triple H in his first match back. Everybody was talking about Shawn Michaels' comeback regardless. Everybody was so happy to see Shawn Michaels regardless. And everybody wanted to see Shawn Michaels continue to have matches. And he lost. So what does that tell me? You hear the birds chirping. They're telling you Shawn Michaels became a bigger star in defeat. So this is Liv Morgan's opportunity to become a bigger star. You don't become a bigger star unless you're in there with the stars. And no disrespect to Carmella, but she's not. She's not upper echelon in the WWE. I don't want to say she's not a star. She's a star. She's not a superstar. She's not at the upper echelon. She's not top tier. And if Liv Morgan wants to become top tier, she has to mix it up with wrestlers who are top tier and she has to survive and thrive at the top tier. Speaking of people who are going to be trying to survive and thrive at top tier levels, let's talk about Omos and AJ Styles. So it's official, Omos and AJ Styles split. They're done. They're donezo. That's it. Can Omos survive at the top tier without someone like AJ Styles carrying the matches? Omos is a freaking spectacle. He is a monster of a man. He's absolutely gigantic. And and he's everything that the WWE loves, right? The, The land of the giants. He's everything that the WWE loves. But let's be honest, the in ring ability is not there right now. And it was AJ Styles who was carrying that tag team. AJ Styles is widely considered to be one of the best wrestlers in the world. So now, do you think he's at the point where he could be on his own? I don't necessarily think that he's at that point yet. But, I mean, you could have him go solo. It's just you have to book this right. You have to book this right. You got to have him be in there with guys who's going to help carry him to a better matchup. And he is young. He could become a megastar. He could eventually pick it up and become a top guy. But right now, he has to be in there with guys like AJ Styles. Guys like Dolph Ziggler or Rey Mysterio who's going to bump around for him and make him look like a million bucks. Let's do that. But let's do it slow. Let's not rush it. Let's not have Omos win the Royal Rumble this year, please. It's all about the pace. Um... And yeah, I mean, this Raw was good. We also seen uh, the Edge and Miz storyline continue. I, I was not a fan at all of Maurice on the cutting edge. That shit was fake. It seemed whack. Boring. I mean, I think it's kind of clear the way they keep on bringing up Beth Phoenix. We're going to be getting Miz and Maurice probably against Edge and Beth Phoenix at some point. And then probably Edge versus Miz at Rumble. Or maybe it's Edge and Miz at... Uh, day one, and then, you know, Maurice interferes, and then we get Edge and Maurice versus, no, I'm not Edge and Maurice, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Maurice and Miz at Royal Rumble. We'll see what happens, but right now, you know, everybody's talking about this promo that Edge had with the Miz, like, it trumped CM Punk and MJF. It didn't. It didn't. It just didn't. All right? Just because you try to be controversial because another company is being controversial, it, it don't work, you know? The Miz and Edge are going to have a great match. We know it. It's just that 
I don't necessarily get the fire behind the matchup like everyone's trying to make it out to seem like this is going to be a great feud. It's not connecting for me right now. We'll see what happens. But Raw overall, really good show. I give Raw a strong three out of five stars. I enjoyed it. I also kind of enjoyed NXT for the fact that I'm starting to see more stars on that show. I like uh, Braun Breaker a lot. You know, I still don't like the name, but I like Braun Breaker a lot. You know, shouts to Braun Breaker having a great run right now. The guy's going to be a mega star in the WWE. I think him and Ciampa's going to tear it up next week at New Year's Evil. Uh, I also, I also got to say that I do like seeing guys like AJ Styles and Riddle and other guys from the main roster come and help the guys on NXT. Kind of like what the old developmental was for WWE with FCW and the old NXT before NXT takeovers and all that. We had that. We had the John Cena's and the CM Punk's and the Seth Rollins going to NXT and trying to elevate that talent. A lot of these talents are developmental talents now. It's not NXT that we got, that we've known and loved for the last couple years. This is a lot of developmental guys, you know, like Waller, oh, what's his name? Grayson Waller or whatever his name is, right? Guys like Tony D'Angelo. Tony, yo, I'm Tony D'Angelo. You know what I mean? We're about to bing, bada bang, Tony D'Angelo. You know what I mean? These guys aren't stars. So you're going to need those stars from Raw and SmackDown to occasionally come down to NXT and take them to the next level and elevate them. For one, A, you're going to need viewers, and I'm not going to tune into a show where I don't know anybody or don't care about anybody and see that these guys are less talented than the guys on TV on Raw and SmackDown. And B... That's how you elevate these guys. Like I just said about Liv Morgan, you cannot have people trying to become bigger stars if they're staying at the same level. You know, you're going to have to face bigger stars to become a bigger star. Guy like Grayson Waller becomes a bigger star by going against a guy like AJ Styles. A guy like Grayson Waller does not become a bigger star by going against guys like Tony D'Angelo. That's what's going to elevate him. You put him against guys. Now, like AJ Styles right now, he's got a busy task. He's trying to elevate Omos and Waller. It's like, yo, he has quite the task. But that's what NXT needs, you know. The NXT Women's Division is amazing. I can't wait for the three-way next week for the world title between, uh, was it, Cora Jade or Jade Cora. I'm sorry, I'm still learning all these people. You got Raquel Gonzalez, Mandy Rose. That should be a great matchup. Three-way for the Women's Champion at New Year's Evil. I enjoyed Tony D'Angelo versus Pete Dunne, but wasn't it wasn't too nice. I do like where we're going with Roderick Strong and Carmelo Hayes. I think those two together could put on an absolute banger. And I think right now, Carmelo Hayes versus Roderick Strong has every opportunity and chance to be the best match in NXT 2.0 history. Not NXT history, but that match could be the best match in NXT 2.0 history. NXT this week, I gave it a, a 1.5 out of 5. You know what I mean? I did like seeing AJ. I like seeing Riddle with MSK, but it's it leaves a lot to be desired. You know, I'm so used to the old NXT. I, I'm still one of those old heads who's like, yo... Uh, man, I miss, I miss NXT, uh, I miss NXT, uh, but whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday. That means we're going to get extreme 
We're about to have our ECW review from September 30th, 19. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 97 ECW Hardcore TV Hit the music Ladies and gentlemen, it's Wednesday. That means ECW Hardcore TV. We review all the old school ECW Hardcore TVs on the WWE Network. This week it is the September 30th, 1997 edition. We have a lot to talk about. This was the wild, wild west as ECW usually is. This was just an absolute chaotic, chaotic, chaotic episode of ECW Hardcore TV. We had an ECW title match. We had a first time ever match. And we had a brawl that included the cops being involved, included the whole roster having to come out and save the wrestlers from getting arrested. Insane, insane, insane. Everything that we love ECW to be was on this show. So without further ado, let's talk about ECW Hardcore TV from September 30th, 1997. This show started out with Shane Douglas coming out with his main squeeze, the queen of extreme Francine. He comes out here. 
He says that he does not... Oh, by the way, this was his first time in ECW's arena in front of the Philadelphia crazy-ass fans as the new ECW champion. He tells the ECW fans that he does not need them because they're a bunch of assholes. He says, you just always want to put me in back of the line. You guys are just a bunch of Shawn Michaels. Taking shots at the comp. Taking shots at the competition. Anyway, he says Rick Rude... Who is my opponent for this week? Because lately, Rick Rude, every week, names a new opponent for for Shane Douglas to defend the ECW World title against. It is announced that it is going to be Shane Douglas versus Phil LaFon with Doug Furness in this matchup. This was a pretty good matchup, pretty lengthy, good back-and-forth matchup. LaFon looked really promising against Shane Douglas in this match. LaFon hit a huge tiger bomb on the franchise. Francine comes in, she gets she interferes. He hits a tiger bomb on Francine. Chris Candido interferes. Doug Furness takes out Chris Candido. Bam Bam Bigelow comes out. Bam Bam Bigelow and Doug Furness are brawling all over. And while all this is happening, all this chaos is happening, we got a quick roll of victory. Shane Douglas just barely beats Phil LaFon to retain his ECW champion. This was a really good matchup. Phil LaFon is legit. These guys, I think LaFon and Furnace were wrestling at the time in All Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know that for sure. Don't strike me. Don't uh, quote me on that. But they also, I believe, had a developmental deal with the WWE. And the WWE sent them to ECW to get some, uh, I guess, more work under them. But these guys are legit. They're shooters. And Shane Douglas and LaFon had a pretty good match. I want to see more Doug Furness and LaFon in ECW. I would like to see a Bam Bam Bigelow and Chris Candido match versus Phil LaFon and Doug Furness. That'd be cool. After this, the Pipples come out. They're with Lance Wright, who is in a wheelchair and a neck brace because of the attack that Taz gave him in New York at the Madhouse of Extreme. Pitbull 1 says that they were released three months ago by ECW. He calls the fans complete pieces of shit for turning their backs on him. And he said that I broke my neck for you guys and you just turned your backs on me. Guess what? I just had a meeting with Vince McMahon. He's offered me a lot of money. He's offering the Pitbulls a lot of money. He kept on talking shit about ECW. Gary Wolf talked a lot about kicking Taz's ass in a match in 1994. Motherfucker, this is... 1997, we talk about 1994, fuck out of here, boy, boy, Taz is on that ass, boy, that was the Taz maniac, now it's the fucking human, human suplex machine, boy, what you talking about, boy, Taz is about to kick your ass, boy, he's about to break that neck again, boy, drop you on your head, boy, choke you out again, boy, he's about to be on that ass, boy, anyway, after this, he says that Taz was too pussy to put up his TV title against Pipple number two, Taz said, fuck that, he came out, he had an impromptu matchup with Pipple number two, People number two had a couple good match. You know, he, Anthony Durant had a couple good moves. Hit Taz with a big-ass powerbomb. You know what I mean? Taz got right back up, spit in his face. He said, boy, hit him with a giant Taz plex. He knocks Pitbull number two out. Dropped him right on his head. That wasn't enough for Taz. Taz then locks on the Taz mission. That's it. Pitbull two is out of it. Taz goes to the outside. He attacks Lance. He takes him out of the... the uh, what's it called? What do you call that? The wheelchair. The wheelchair. The wheelchair. Hey, the wheelchair. Hey. Anyway, he takes him out the wheelchair. Takes him out. Taz plex through a, a table on the outside. Taz is hyped up. A fan gets in his face. Taz slaps the fan. This is where shit gets a little crazy. And ECW was the wild, wild west. Taz slaps the fan. Goes into the ring. The cops come into the ring. 
and they start to confront Taz. Taz takes one of the cops and takes him down with the Fujiwawa armbar. This leads to security and the whole locker room coming out. They rush out. Everyone's holding Taz back. Everyone's pulling Taz apart off of the fucking cops. Sabu runs into the ring and slaps Taz. Taz then takes down Sabu. This is the never-ending feud, and I never want it to end because these guys go together like, like peanut butter and jelly. Like spaghetti and meatball. You know what I mean? Like, like, like rice and beans. Taz and Sabu, I can never get enough of that feud. They start brawling. Big pull apart. Everybody's taking them out. Taz gets pushed to the back. He leaves. Sabu goes back into the ring. He starts taking the fight to some of the wrestlers in the ring. He takes out Hollywood Nova. He takes out the Blue Meanie. Takes out another enhancement talent. This leads to the Sandman coming out. The Sandman is here. And we have, for the first time ever, here on the main event of ECW Hardcore TV from September 30th, we get the Sandman versus Sabu. And this was a wild, insane brawl. They wrestled all around. Sandman went backstage. He got the ladder. He's thrown into the ring. He's taking out Fonzie. He's hitting Sabu with the ladder. We got garbage cans. We got table spots. It's just craziness to end the show here. In the end... Sandman takes the Singapore cane and hits Sabu so hard in the fucking jaw, he broke that shit. And not the cane, his jaw. He broke Sabu's jaw with the Singapore cane. And then after that, he goes to hit Sabu again. But right before he could hit Sabu with that cane, Sabu out of nowhere throws a fireball into the Sandman's face. And the Sandman is screaming in pain. The crowd is going nuts. The whole locker room comes back out. They pull the Sandman out of the ring. This matchup ends in a no contest because the Sandman's face just got lit on fire. And that's how we go off the air. What a goddamn show. We had cops involved. We had fireballs. We had people who were released coming back. We had fans getting slapped up. We had craziness. We had an ECW title match. We had a first time ever match. It was insane. This is why I love ECW. ECW was the most fun wrestling show of all time this was 60 minutes of non-stop fun non-stop action non-stop chaoticness non-stop not knowing what the fuck is going to happen next that's what ecw is and that's why i enjoy covering it it's a complete contrast to what i was covering in the wcw and why i stopped covering the wcw it was a snooze fest we got old dinosaurs thinking that they're going to be putting on matches against these young guys and think that they could still hang, but they can't. ECW, on the other hand, had fireballs and cops and title matches. Like I said, it's a night and day comparison. I give this show a strong 5 out of 5 because from start to finish, there was not one moment where I was not on the edge of my seat. I enjoyed it fully straight through. Insane, insane, insane. I can't wait to talk about ECW next week. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we will have a podcast on Christmas Eve. If you don't want to listen to it on Christmas Eve, it's totally understandable. But I hope everybody enjoys their holidays. You know what I mean? Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. But we will be here every single Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Whether it's a holiday or not, we're going to be putting out shows. I owe it to everybody who's been riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast through my personal time where I needed to take time off. And you guys were still riding with me. I owe it to you guys. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. If this is the first time you're hearing us, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. On Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. On TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. I love you guys. Stay safe. Stay 
stay strong. Tune in tonight, AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash. The main event is going to be FTR and MJF versus Sting, Darby Allin, and CM Punk. That should be a phenomenal match. AEW Dynamite, TNT, 8 p.m. Eastern. This is the last two Dynamites on TNT starting in January. We're going to have AEW on CBS. Tony Khan already said that these last couple weeks he's going to prove that AEW is the best wrestling on television. With a main event like that, he's definitely making a statement. So make sure you tune in tonight to AEW. We're going to be talking all about AEW. We're going to be talking all about Impact Wrestling. And we're going to be bringing back the Saturday Night Main Events reviews starting this Friday, Christmas Eve. That's my Christmas present to you guys. I love you guys. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay positive. One love. Peace out. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.